Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. It's a lockdown special with Sophie and Sophie of Highly Enthused. Sophie and Sophie are remotely recording, together but apart. We hope this sounds better than our last remote recording. (laughs) So we're trying out a new tech setup, which um, as I work in technology should be way easier to do, but um, challenging for us nonetheless. Um, How have you been going in this lockdown 2.0, the sequel, Um, Too Fast, Too Furious? Too fast. Not not fast enough, but still (laughs) furious. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's not too dissimilar to my regular life, let's be honest. Um, although I've been so sick. I'm still sick. Uh, oh. My baby's sick. He got sick from daycare. He's in like that daycare sickness spiral, which just really makes you feel guilty for sending them there. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it as like um, gym for his immune system. Like it's training. Yeah, like he gets better. I'm like, all right, buddy, back in there. Back you go. <laughs> back into the cesspit. <laughs> Get back in that ring. Take another hit. I know I had to get him a COVID test because no GP would like see him without one, um, which is fair enough. But giving a seven-month-old baby a COVID test is just not fun for anyone involved. No. Um, <laughs> negative for COVID, positive for bronchiolitis. Sounds like a kind of dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> a very rare, phlegmy dinosaur. But, yeah, we're just we're just getting through it with this spiral of sickness and hopefully by next episode we won't be sick <laughs> four weeks in county Christ. how are you oh just a little bit loopy oh, yeah. i guess would be the word just you know lockdown's fine it's two weeks maybe three maybe four who knows let's see how the cases go and it's fine i can work from home i can order delicious food delivered to my house very privileged it's also just like so much deja vu from last year like to be 12 months later and it's like it's the same it's still the same it's still in lockdown that I just feel like I'm going a little bit crazy <laughs> like I think it's just like oh yeah maybe I didn't process my trauma from last year mm. good to have it all come flaring back but you know I'm doing Pilates in my sunroom forcing myself out for runs you know running is back for me which means it's definitely lockdown um our mutual friend Anna has also been running and so we've been sending each other screenshots of our run summaries to like motivate ourselves to leave the house which is great she's really much better than me she's been doing it for longer but it's it's good to get back in there um but you know there's just there's a limit to how many long walks a person can take Um, I love a moody walk Oh, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm so bored. The first weekend was fine because it just felt like, this is great. I am intentionally having a quiet, relaxing weekend. And this weekend I'm like, I'm done. I want to go dancing. I want to do fucking karaoke again. Yeah, it's like um, you got a little taste of, of the good times yeah. and then it's like, no, no, too much fun. And I will say, look, I, I did a post on Instagram about my autumn where I was like, this has been chaotic. I'm kind of ready to hibernate. And I feel like I've brought this upon us all. So I apologize, everyone. No hibernating. As soon as things open back up, I'm out doing more chaotic things again. That is my promise to you all. We want the horny chaos back. We want no. it back, guys. Look, just... I've heard some. I've heard about some wild stuff happening on Hinge, which I'm not currently partaking in. But um, yeah, interesting times. Um, so one thing we can do while we're in lockdown is eat, though. So what have you been eating? 
Well, last lockdown, I was in that stage of pregnancy where I just couldn't eat much exciting mm-hmm. stuff. Like the sourdough that everyone was baking, that made me feel sick. Like there's just the smell of it baking. Bread baking smells awesome and I just couldn't do it. That's intense. I know. I couldn't get any freaking takeaway cocktails, which was so fun. I like didn't partake in any of the fun lockdown stuff. <laughs> so now I'm like really leaning in to all the things this lockdown, which is quite fun. And one of the dark horses of the 2020 baking phase wasn't focaccia, it wasn't lasagna, even though they all had their time in the sun. It was the Basque cheesecake. Oh, I really want to make this. This looks so in my wheelhouse in terms of dessert items. Yes, it is like an eggy, cream cheesy, kind of simple baked cheesecake that's special not because of its ingredients. There's like no lemon zest, no like berries studded throughout it, but it's in the way that it's cooked, right? So, So it's baked first in a really, really high heat until the top is caramelized, like really hardly caramelized, until it's just about blackened, mm-hmm. which some people might find a bit like hard to take because it is kind of a little bit burnt, but it's just that point where it's not burnt. It's that like bliss point of caramelization. A very fine line, a very fine line. <laughs> exactly. And then the oven is turned down until there's just that like slight jiggle in the center for an extra 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It puffs right up and then it sinks right back down from when it cools. It's so impressive, even if you're only impressing yourself, which is me, um, or your friends on the internet. So I made the masterclass recipe in Gourmet Traveler, which came out in the July issue, which is out now, but I'm sure it'll be online really soon. The recipe came from Matt Lindsay, who's the chef at Sydney's Esther restaurant, the same one I mentioned a few episodes ago, who does that deluxe potato bread with the dashi jelly. He knows how to use an oven, you know. He He knows how to use an oven. It's obviously not Matt's recipe. It's a Spanish recipe from the Basque country, from a little bar in San Sebastian called La Vina. You walk into this place and there's like burnished cheesecake after burnished cheesecake all along the countertop. It's freaking delicious. You eat it with drinks. How much better could it get? But we can't go there. We can't even go to Esther right now. <laughs> no. Very oh, annoying. Yeah. So we're making it at home and it's actually so easy. Like it's like five ingredients and all you need is a really, really hot oven. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing that you can just like take a little sliver off whenever you go to the fridge. It is incredibly <laughs> delicious. Thank you, Matt Lindsay and Gourmet Traveler for this gift. If it's not online by the time we send the link, there's a very similar recipe in Bon Appetit. But yeah, I would definitely try Matt's because he is a genius. Truly. What about you, Soro? What are you eating? All right, look, so I don't want to say that my love affair with legumes as my easy cooking for one food group is over because it's not. It is forever. My legume love is for life. Um, but my love for sardines has increased in intensity in this lockdown. So I don't know if you also like panic bought canned seafood in that first part of the pandemic last year where everyone's like, oh, we might not go to the shops. I'll buy things in cans. I definitely did. I knew I liked sardines. I didn't really know what to do with them, but I picked them up. And so I actually got the idea for the recipe I'm going to talk about today from a New York Times article that was like about what to do with all those sardines you panic bought, like a list of ideas. I've been making this marinated sardine rice bowl. So it's kind of Japanese-y, I guess, is probably the, the 
I don't know if it's something I would actually eat in Japan, but it's definitely got those flavors. Um, and it's something I kind of took the inspiration from this article, um, but then have riffed on it and kind of made it a bunch of different times and a bunch of different combos. And now I've kind of made it sort of so often that it's just become a really good template. So super easy. First thing you do before you even start thinking is just you put on a pot of white rice. Basically, you can pull the rest of this together on the time it takes to cook a pot of rice. You mix up a marinade for the sardines of just maybe a tablespoon or two of white soy sauce. I do a little clove of minced garlic, a similar amount of grated ginger if I have it, some chili flakes, and then you crack open the tin of sardines. I tend to go do, you can kind of do two serves with one tin of sardines. So I'll often leave half of them in the marinade overnight and just make, you know, do leftovers the next day. Um, Personally, I like to fillet the sardines and like get rid of the spine. Technically, you don't have to do that if you don't mind the crunch, but I don't love the kind of the texture of it. So I fill it the sardines, put them into the marinade, and then let them just sit while you get the rest of your components together and kind of like toss some of the soy sauce over the top as well. So then to serve that, you know, I like to have vegetables and I make a very quick salad, if you could call it that, of my other lockdown's favorite, cabbage. So I really thinly shred just some white cabbage, dress it with salt and a little bit of white wine vinegar. Or if you have that delicious bonito vinegar that we talked about, like in season one, which I've never let go out of stock in my house ever since, um, I use that and let it soften a little. And then from here is where you can just kind of use whatever you've got. I like to slice up green onions really thin, some coriander. I've done cucumber if I have it like thinly sliced and quickly pickled I've done the same with carrots you could do just radishes you basically just want something that is fresh and crunchy to go with this that's the key sort of thing you're looking for if I'm feeling really fancy which I usually am not when I make this recipe but if I am I'll even toast up some sesame seeds for garnish and so you can kind of just do all of that while the rice is cooking and then when the rice is done you just do a nice big heaping spoon of the warm rice big pile of the cabbage on the side. And then the secret to this is, you know, that delicious Japanese kewpie sesame dressing. Oh, yes. Yes. Which you can just get at Woolworths these days. Like it's not even like a trip to a specialty grocer. You can just get it at the supermarket. I like to do like a really like kind of zigzag over the whole plate of cabbage and rice. It's like a dressing of that sesame dressing. And then you layer the sardines onto the rice. Like I said, about half for one person, half a can. Throw on the green onions and the coriander, pile up the cucumber or carrot pickle on the side if you want, and then just sprinkle over those sesame seeds as a garnish. If you have any of the any sashimi togarachi, the Japanese chili spice blend, you can sprinkle that on as well. It is such a surprising winner. Yum. And it's also a really great way if you find sardines a bit intimidating because of the fishiness. For me, at first, I was a little bit like, what have I done? Like, this is a pretty intense flavor. The soy really cuts through that fishiness and just kind of makes it really like rich and umami. It really works nicely as a combo. And sardines are like one of the most sustainable fish you can eat. Sustainable, really oily fish is great for you health wise. Apparently, they're like a baby superfood. <laughs> Well, feed it to your baby, definitely take the bones out. Um, Yum, that sounds great. I love a rice bowl. I'm very keen on rice bowls for sure. So good. What have you read, watched, or listened to? Well, I want to thank a listener, Jess, for this recommendation. A really special podcast called 70 Over 70. Yeah, and it's a play on the 30 under 30, like, advertising (laughs) awards, (laughs) if you didn't catch that. 
And it's a series of interviews with interesting people over the age of 70 about their lives and but not just like their past, but their present, like what they're doing now, what they've what they've learned and what they're still figuring out. And just their amazing stories. I've, it's it's really beautiful podcast. There is not enough airtime for this age group like anywhere and certainly not in Australia. This podcast is out of the States from a production studio called Pineapple Street Studios. The episode I loved was with Alice Waters, who probably needs no introduction. I've spoken about her before on the podcast, but if you don't know, she's the founder of the hugely renowned restaurant Chez Panisse in Berkeley, California. The mother of the slow food movement across the world mm-hmm. I actually couldn't believe this but Chez Panisse has been going now for 50 years oh my god crazy achievement and she's such a beautiful creative speaker she's just beautiful and articulate the way she speaks and she speaks with such honesty about her experience and really just starting this restaurant like not to make money just to have a good time and cook people (laughs) delicious food. Um, She's just a real treasure. And every episode in this podcast highlights people who have done, you know, not always incredible things. Like not everyone is super famous on here. They just really know their stuff. Like they've lived interesting lives and have things to say. And I think that's the takeaway is that, we got to listen to um, this generation because, yeah, they've lived a lot and they are still living a lot. I think that's a takeaway as well. It's not just like, oh, tell us about the world 50 years ago. It's like, no, like what do you think now? What do you think about what what is happening now? The host, Max Linsky, is really charismatic. Um, it's pretty new, so there's only a few episodes out at the time. But, yeah, I really, really loved it and I can't wait to listen to some more. I don't think... 70 is like a hard number I think they're going to you know do as many as they can Mm -hmm. but you can nominate people on it as well which I think is pretty cool like you can nominate yourself if you out there are an awesome over 70 person listening to this podcast maybe you should be on that one or if you have someone you think should be should be featured you can head to their website and nominate them the Alice Waters episode in particular is is a very very good good listen um yeah i really recommend it it's 70 over 70 do you keep getting that thing where you like forget how old you are like someone i was on the phone to someone and she was asking me how old i was and i was like um i'm 30 32 and then like two minutes later i was like no 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 actually sorry i'm 33 like i (laughs) cannot like after 30 you're just like i have no idea what what actually no I weirdly I still remember how old I am I'm still stunned by the number but I do keep remembering it um it's just I keep thinking the year 2000 was like the other day and that 1980 was 20 years ago when it was 40 years ago so that's that's my problem is that I sort of like apparently decided that 2000 is the year I'm staying in even though I was 12. It was a good year. (laughs) It was was great all right so for me this week uh I've abandoned books again and I'm back on watching screens because I haven't spent enough time on screens during my work day. Um, and I recently rewatched for the first time in ages um, Children of Men. Uh, it's on streaming on Stan. Uh, so this movie, look, I can't call it like a lighthearted lockdown rewatch. Like it's not uplifting by any means. But it came out, speaking of time passing, it came out in 2006, so 15 years ago. But honestly, rewatching it, it feels so incredibly contemporary and prescient. Like it feels like it could have been made the other day. So 
It was directed by Alfonso Cuaron, or Cuaron. I never know how to say his last name. Sorry. Uh, he is a director who's quite well known for directing one of the Harry Potter movies, Ooh. the third one, which was the most visually interesting one. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it is a dystopian movie set in 2027. And in this reality, um, 2027 is 18 years after the last baby was born. So similar, not dissimilar to The Handmaid's Tale, but even more extreme. Like literally no one has had a baby in 18 years. Humanity has become completely infertile. No one knows why. And understandably, the entire world has sort of unraveled in this like world that the, the movie is set in Britain is the only country left that has any kind of sort of functioning government still but they have under uh, sort of uh, expectedly maintained it by becoming increasingly fascist and locking their borders down uh, to prevent like a flood of refugees from Europe and the rest of the world from getting in um, the main star is one of my ultimate crushes Clive Owen oh yeah he's just this like rumpled alcoholic like ex-activist kind of like brooding and cynical guy just barely holding his life together as the world kind of collapses around him god he's hot he's like 40 i think when this movie was made and jesus <laughs> like a fine wine only gets better as he gets older um and so in this sort of it kicks off um the first scene where the the youngest person in the world has just died and everyone's really devastated and upset um uh, but basically, uh, over the course of the movie, his ex-wife, who's played by Julianne Moore, is the head of this terrorist organization who's fighting for the rights of illegal immigrants. And they used to be activists together when they were younger. She reaches out to him. Uh, I mean, by that, I mean, she like gets people to kidnap him <laughs> to help her organize and get transit papers for this young refugee woman, who it turns out, Sorry, I'm giving so much setup, but basically it turns out that she's the first woman to become pregnant in 18 years. So like that's the setup. It's like this kind of classic kind of quest essentially for he has to help this young woman who's pregnant, who's eight months pregnant, to get out of out of the UK to this kind of utopian there's like this one last kind of hopeful utopian place who are trying to figure out why humanity became infertile. But what is incredible about this movie, right? So made 15 years ago and so often like dystopian movies when you re-watch them you know when time's passed they just seem like overblown and ridiculous and like the text stupid and you're like oh, why would anyone think that's like how the world is going to turn out like it just feels like clearly outdated and says it seems to say way more about the time when it was made than the time it's supposed to be about like it's mm -hmm. just pretty standard but this film like genuinely, like I rewatched it this week and I was like, fuck, it feels so prescient. It feels so gritty and like lived in and it's like really dark and hopeful and messy and like the world it depicts just has this really perfect mix of being both grubby and really futuristic. But like the tech they show isn't wildly ridiculous. I don't know. It just, it feels like horribly close to the world we're currently in. Like a lot of the themes around like closing borders and the villainizing of refugees and the creep of surveillance and how everyone is kind of becoming deranged in the face of this huge existential threat. But there's also these moments of like beauty and hope and just like humanity at the same time. I don't know. It was just, it's just a 
gorgeous film. I never really understood why it didn't get more attention or fanfare at the time, kind of like floated under the radar. Yeah, I have not heard of this movie. Oh my God. So over the years, like every, like, I think it's like every five years or so, there's an article often in New York magazine where they're like, was this movie like very accurate? Like time to reconsider children of men. And like, they go through all the things that it predicted that have happened. And it's amazing. So if you haven't watched it, which you haven't, it's on Stan. I mean, gird your loins a little bit. Like I said, it's pretty, it's dark, but it's great. All right. That's, that was a very thorough, um, lead up to me watching it <laughs> I can't, Just, I'm excited if anyone, if anyone would like to read my essay about children of men uh yeah just let me know I'll write one uh, I have a lot of thoughts about it apparently I can also just write 500 words on Clive Owen the dreamiest crumpled middle-aged man in the world crumpled a little bit shabby that's yes. how we like him fixer upper <laughs> that sounds really good I'm definitely in need of a film like this I feel like I don't know if you want like feel good stuff in a lockdown I kind of just want to be wrung out sometimes well have I got the film for you that is that is the exact description of this one okay bye or do what have you got for us well this one's a simple recommendation um but I'm just really trying to get to know our neighbours. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, we live in a really small block of eight apartments. There's a shared courtyard out the back. It's lockdown. Everyone's at home, obviously. There's a bunch of new people that have moved into the building. We've had a lot of um, change of ownership recently. And I just want to, like, live that dream of – knowing everyone and living in harmony <laughs> you've been watching too much secret life of <laughs> fully, uh, fully like with way less um drugs and sex. Version. yeah but yeah i i i want that okay is that so much to ask i just want the like drop by unannounced moments i want like wines in the back garden i just want all of it Things like strata meetings and people's like strata bullshit can really get you down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have ever had that problem, but strata is a special kind of hell. Yeah, I'm just trying to like carve out a little community of nice relationships around here. And hopefully no one in the building hears this because I feel like that would be kind of awkward. (laughs) Hey, I want to be your friend, guys. No, I think that I think what I figured out is that the key to it is like unscheduled hangs. So you need to make yourself kind of available and like open for people to approach. Yep. I read once that the reason we make so many friends at school and uni is because it's a whole bunch of like unscheduled time together. No one can like flake out on plans because there are no plans. You're just stuck in the same spot, like constantly as this group of people. And so you're drawn together to be friends. It's like, it's just mm. effortless. It just happens. You don't need to put any work in. <laughs> I mean, there's some work. <laughs> there isn't. Like at school, like there's no work to be friends. You're just like friends. There's work after school and there's work True. after like uni. But I feel, well, for me anyway, I found that it was just like, you know, you just have friends. You were <laughs> I hope at you all boarding had school. <laughs> you you were all. literally at boarding school locked yeah. in the same place with them. You were sleeping <laughs> next to them at night. So I'm just trying to apply that principle here in my own building, <laughs> especially in lockdown because everyone's here all the time. Um, the weather is finally good. So I just like take my wine outside, 
with the baby and like slowly people just come down <laughs> and that's really nice we had genius this, yeah we had this great moment the other day Saturday night and a neighbor just dropped around and was like hey I'm going to the bottle shop like do you guys want anything um can I leave my four-year-old daughter here for a sec and we were like sure <laughs> um, yeah, like definitely and then he just came back and we just like took a drink to his place, walked through, had a look. He came back to ours and then our dog ran upstairs to the apartment above us and like, you know, mucked around in their apartment for a while, unbeknownst to me, um, <laughs> and came back, was promptly brought, brought back down. But everyone's doors were open and it was just this really nice atmosphere and I just really want to crystallise that somehow. I think you just need to have it happen two weeks in a row yeah. and then people will start expecting it. Or you could just be really eager and just put something on the notice board and say, hi, guys, it would be lovely to have like Saturday drinks with the building. We're going to be out from this time. We'll see you there. Yeah, I love that. Just do it. Yeah, be forward. It. Be so brave. watch this space. 100 new friends coming up. <laughs> Not 100, maybe three. <laughs> three is enough, frankly. You don't have that much time. You've got a baby. So I don't really know what my recommendation is this week for this, but it's just like make yourself available for people to chat to you <laughs> by taking your drink to a common area <laughs> and acting like anyone can come sit with you if they want. We're going to be enrolling lockdowns probably indefinitely, so why not get to know your neighbours, folks? It's good times. It's a classic recommendation. Bring it back to, you know, old school community times. What about you? What do you bought this week? Well, so whilst watching horrible dystopian films on my couch, um, I've been quite cosy because of this purchase that I have to recommend you. So I will caveat this as I was actually given this as a gift for Christmas and it is kind of bougie, <laughs> but we're at home in lockdown and maybe you want to spend your money on something to make your home cosier and more comfortable. And if you are... always. I'm recommending the InBed Store Alpaca Throw, which is just this beautiful, cozy, soft, gorgeous throw blanket. Everything that the InBed Store sells is like beautiful and well-made and lustworthy, and this is obviously no exception. It is 80% alpaca and 20% wool, so it's like really fuzzy and soft, and it's not itchy or scratchy. Mine is in like a really nice burnt orange color, which they don't actually have in stock at the moment, but they do have this really lovely olive green version and also this light blue and white stripe which it's this really soft blue which kind of almost blends with the white which is kind of creamy which is actually kind of want to get that one as well look I don't have heaps to say other than it's just a really nice throw blanket and it looks really nice on my couch it's hard to find non-scratchy throw blankets it is key and I think the alpaca component here is the key thing it's fuzzy and it's somehow also quite like stylish and it's hard to find things that are both fuzzy and stylish <laughs> so True. it's kind of at the, the center of that venn diagram of chic and actually comfortable and cozy uh and like no one's in my house to see this blanket right now but it makes me happy every time i see it so i keep it on the couch at the moment because that's where i'm spending a lot of time but i've also thrown it on my bed for when um you know it's i need another layer just to keep myself a little bit warmer. Um, I've also, I had a friend's day a few weeks ago. My friend Callie slept over and she slept on the couch and I gave her the blanket on top of her sheets so that she'd be warm and cozy. Aww. So it's just a really good thing to have around. I don't know if I'd use it as a picnic rug. 
No, fuzzy things are good for for that. that. No, but really great for like any at-home blanket needs. It's got you covered. You could have an indoor picnic. Though you wouldn't want to spill anything on this lovely, lovely. No, though. like I'm, I'm, I'm very anal when I've got my red wine. It's like the the blanket goes up, so it can't be spilt on because yeah. you know it's a nice Good blanket. Call. But I mean, wool is pretty durable, um, and alpaca is pretty durable, so it's not too bad. So that's the in bed store alpaca throw. Treat yourself. If you're spending heaps of time at home, you may as well be in that stylish, comfortable Venn diagram niche. That's what we're all that. looking for. We mm. want that. Yeah, I think you'd look the light blue and white version would be nice in your house. Okay. Just FYI. <laughs> I've eyed it off for you. <laughs> well, um, it's time for the fast five. Fast five. Lockdown oh my God, special. I thought you were going to leave me without singing. I thought you no. were going to leave me hanging as the solo singer of that. <laughs> I would never. It's just my timing's off because we're remote. I couldn't see your face, but we're ready to go. Fast five time. Hit me with your five, please. OMG, kettle chips made in Melbourne. Woo! The excitement is high. <laughs> Chappies chips. So these are made from local Victorian potatoes. Hello. Um, I have been eyeing these off for so long, but they were not stocked in Sydney until now. You can find them a bunch of places in Melbourne and on their online store, but they finally got stocked at drinks.com. And it feels very weird ordering chips online, but it is a thing we can all do. <laughs> <laughs> so they're so good. They are really crisp kettle cooked chip, which is my particular favorite brand of chip. Yep. They're just really crisp, like all the way through. And they're like a little bit thicker than your average chip. And the flavors are like pretty wacky, but really excellent (laughs) and it's your lucky day because i've tried them all i have tried all three flavors for your listening pleasure they all have a sweetish side and a savory side to them so the mango habanero interesting i know very random um but very fruity except spicy obviously so it's kind of like this sweet savory a little bit sour like all all of them are a little bit sour which i quite Mm. liked i'm like vinegary Yeah, Yeah, look, we love a salt and vinegar, so I'm open to that. We do. Smoked tomato, this super Mm. strong smoky flavor. And then, I mean, this one's a little bit classic, but like maybe they just needed a classic uh, crowd pleaser in here. But Entry level. (laughs) Honey Dijon, so a little mustard up in there. Mm. I ate those in the bath alongside an Americano on Friday night. And let me tell you, that was a good combo. Yum. (laughs) um the flavor is really real like the the honey mustard for instance it's a really non-fake mustard flavor which i really appreciated and i just love that this is like a local chip i just feel like there are no local chips (laughs) love a local love a local chip chip. for a lockdown special <laughs> just bloody good, bloody ripping chips. So that's Chappie's <laughs> chips, <laughs> and you can get them on their online store. And in Sydney, you can get them at drinks.com. How good? Okay, this is a really dumb recommendation, but it's just something funny that I found on Twitter, and you might like to amuse yourself with for like five minutes. It's called the most dangerous writing app. And I found it on Twitter. It's a writing prompt web app. So, you know, writing prompts, like you're like, throw me anything to write about. Like, just give me something to write about. And it's like, a girl walked into a bar and what did she see? Like, that's the prompt. Yeah. 
So Scribbler is a writing prompt website. They've also created this thing. You can do it without the actual like creative prompt, but you have to write like into this browser window and you cannot stop for more than five seconds or everything that you would have written will delete like immediately. Oh, Jesus. So it just keeps you writing, like it keeps you writing (laughs) because if you stop, you'll lose everything. It's quite hellish. I tried it (laughs) and I just ended up writing things like, la, 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 just have to keep writing before the paragraph starts fading away. Like you just like write whatever comes into your brain um, before the words just start to fade away. But it's actually really fun and it's a good test to just see you know that practice morning pages where you're yes. meant to just wake up and just spew whatever you've got yep. in your brain onto a page? I feel like this would be really good for that. And just a bit of fun if you're bored in <laughs> lockdown and just need to get something out of your head. So Google the most dangerous writing app and waste five minutes by writing anything. Some silly stuff down. Just anything. So number three is ah, so you remember that cute little Korean condiment online store I mentioned a few episodes ago, Moon Mart? Yes. They do the Chongqing chicken yes. popcorn. Yep. Yep. So I've recently discovered they also have a recipe section of their website, Ooh. which is so great. And I made something on the weekend, one of Yun's recipes, which is called No Appetite Kimchi Noodles. Ooh. It's called No Appetite Kimchi Noodles because it was what her grandma used to make when she wasn't really hungry but still wanted to eat. You know that yep. feeling? <laughs> yep. Hello, every recipe I've recommended for the last Definitely. five episodes. <laughs> um so it's really simple you just cook soba or somen noodles which are very fast to cook they take like three minutes you rinse and then dress them in good soy and sesame oil and then top it with a bunch of kimchi moon mart does make and sell kimchi but you can use any kimchi that you want that's been chopped and mixed with a little just caster sugar to just Mm. take the edge off a little bit and some shredded cucumber Mm -hmm. and then you douse the whole thing in sesame seeds and that's it you like toss it all together it was so crunchy and cold and like fresh and delicious and spicy yum it's yeah just a really fast fresh delicious dish that i feel like i'm gonna make like every week. It took like yeah, I'm definitely minutes. making this like tomorrow night for sure. It's almost no cook actually. It's only the noodles that you have to cook. So, yeah, really recommend that. I love a mixing thing. Just call it yeah. a meal. <laughs> I'm finding that when I make Ned his dinner. His gourmet like, baby food. <laughs> yeah, his mashed sardines. Um, I make him his dinner. I do his bath. I put him to bed with like the whole schmozzle takes like two hours and I love it. It's really fun and cute. But then I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I don't want to even cook myself anything. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just going to lie down for a quick second and have to like – pull myself off my bed to go make me something to eat and this is a recipe that is going to help me actually ingest some food because it's so easy instead of just eating handfuls of her popcorn exactly or eating like chips in the bath which is usually what happens (laughs) and number four oh okay i feel like my fast five is a bit like chaotic this week (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay that's what it's for okay so this is a very random expensive yet convenient tech hack. (laughs) Um, If you need to, for whatever reason, leave your laptop with Apple to get repaired, which I had to um, this week, 
at the moment it takes around 10 days to get your laptop repaired like for any you know issue I just had to get um like the side ports replaced that's a really freaking long time to survive without a computer and obviously they don't give you a replacement like sometimes when you get your car serviced yeah. they give you a replacement car <laughs> um, or your insurance does and that's really nice of them and a nice thing to have but that doesn't happen with laptops and I was like well shit what am I gonna what am I gonna do <laughs> um and the lady was like well you could just buy one and then return it I was like oh what she's like I can't actually I'm not officially recommending this but you can do it. Like anyone can do it. You can just buy it, use the laptop, like buy the cheapest one that we have, like a little, you know, no memory MacBook Air yeah, and just bring it back in 14 days. And then <laughs> like, you don't even need to bring the cord back, she said, which was very strange. I was like, what? Surely I have to bring the cord back. Um, he's like, look, I don't know it'll be fine just like bring it back I was like okay and so I did it and it it fully worked so that's what you can do guys unfortunately you have to drop like over a thousand dollars to to make this happen but then you get it all back you get it back within two weeks so it's fine just don't like drop a cup of coffee on it exactly (laughs) yeah don't get any water damage because that will really fuck you high risk high Um, reward though yeah but I don't know if you if your laptop needs servicing, that's how you get around it. Um, <laughs> we cover everything on this podcast, yeah, absolutely everything. Influenced. And my final fast five recommendation is a really awesome newsletter and website that I stumbled across out of New York for fans of natural wine. It is called Damp, which I think is an excellent name. Yep, better um, than moist. Is there articles. Yeah, very not moist. It's damp. <laughs> Their articles are so fun. They've got a lowbrow food and wine matching vertical where they match things like slices of New York pizza or hot sauces with natural wine, which Great. is um, very cool. And they all have very excellent styling. They have little travel guides to different subway stops in New York, which um, <laughs> is just so cute and makes me really want to go there. But yeah, it's, I totally recommend it. If you're into natural wine and like cool food styling and travel, definitely get around it. It's damp.wine. Right. And that's the fast five for this week. What about you? What have you got? All right. Have a book recommendation. Happy All the Time by Laurie Colwyn. This is just a charming little snack of a novel. So Laurie Colwyn is better known for her books Home Cooking and More Home Cooking, which are both kind of collections of food writing essays. But she also wrote about three or four novels in the 70s and 80s, and they remind me a little bit of Nora Ephron in tone. They're just like, so this book, Happy All the Time, follows these two couples. Um, It's like these uh, best friends who happen to be cousins, these two men who fall in love with two different women, and it just like follows their lives through their courtship and their marriages and their relationships. Like the plot isn't really the point. It's sort of not a lot happens from a kind of, you know, storyline standpoint, but the writing is like really light and lovely and the observations are quite wry and funny and it's just basically like a romantic comedy in book form. It's great. It's great. It was written in 1978. It's just a lovely read. Oh, that sounds great. I think it's been reprinted recently. Otherwise, you can usually pick up a secondhand copy online really cheap. She's got a whole bunch of other ones that are worth checking out. If you like her food writing, you will love 
her novels and the nice thing is they're novels with good food descriptions in them which is my favorite kind Ooh, me too <laughs> so that, I love yes that. so just like really lovely reads happy all the time by laurie corwin my second one is the bagu laptop sleeves mm. so you might know bagu as a brand that makes really great reusable shopping totes which they are um, but they actually have a really great range of lots of different products. They have some cool face masks. They have some great, like, sturdier tote bags and travel bags as well in, like, lots of really great materials and, and prints. Um, but what I'm really obsessed with are these amazing laptop sleeves. They're, like, puffy um, and they're kind of um, – they're made from recycled nylon uh, and they just come in the best prints. Um, they make them in the 13-inch and 16-inch size, so that fits most laptops. And even like if you've got uh, – I think they also make tablets as well, uh, tablet sleeves as well. Um, and they just like – I bought mine a while ago, and the print I have is just like a pretty classic blue and green stripe, but I'm eyeing off a second one for my personal computer, mm-hmm. and they have this like really fun cucumber print at the moment. Um, they have like a smiley face one. They've always got a good blend of like slightly more like toned down professional looking ones and then some really wacky ones, which I also appreciate. I've got the two sides of your personality can be covered. Nice. Um, and they're just really functional and pleasant and nice to use and very sturdy. Um, and they, they're they quite slim, so you can kind of slip it, your laptop in there, and then you can put it in your bag and it doesn't like take up heaps of space. So that's a win in my book. So that is the Bagu laptop sleeves and tablet sleeves. You can get them from their website. Um, we'll link to that in the newsletter, obviously, which you can sign up to at highlyenthused.substack.com <laughs> if you somehow have made it this far without signing up. All right, my third one. Oh, another shopping one. Lots of shopping in this week's fast five. Still got the shopping. That's all, all I do at home on my phone. Um, okay, so... I have a Instagram account and Instagram shop. It is a woman named Danica Stemenik. She's a vintage jewelry seller from California. She does these like drops. So she'll like collect a whole bunch of things around a particular like theme, either like um, modernist jewelry or she'll do like silver hoops or she'll do rings or, you know, she'll just always do like these little collections. And she just gets the most amazing selection of vintage jewelry always really high quality silver and gold like she doesn't work with costume jewelry at all a lot of mid-century pieces and more recent sort of vintage the things from like the 80s and 90s as well but she's just really really educated around it so she actually like like is able to sort of educate you a lot about like different markers or like the weights or like the history of a piece and I picked up two things from her she sells mostly through Instagram stories so you just like kind of DM to claim it and then she'll send you an invoice Um, I got this really beautiful classic silver bangle and it's sterling silver but it's such a high grade that it almost looks like white gold Mm -hmm. like it's a really beautiful quality Um, and then my most recent uh, purchase which has happened in this lockdown is this really amazing pair of 80s chunky silver hoops that have not yet arrived I'm tracking them every day in my tracking app the pieces aren't cheap like they're a couple of hundred dollars but they're really lovely classic pieces and they're just it's just a really beautiful account as well to kind of watch all this really lovely jewelry come through on Instagram so that is Danica Stamenik. As I said, she's on Instagram. Check her out if you like 
jewelry and who doesn't really okay number four so this is actually something i purchased in lockdown phase one but if you are looking to up your at-home cocktail game this is one of the ways that i improved mine it is the Riedel nick and nora mixology glassware set so it comes with two lovely little nick and nora glasses which are these long stemmed kind of coupes which are perfect for a martini it's what i drink my martinis out of or any stirred cocktail i'll have a negroni in it if i'm making a small one um you can really do anything in there they're just a really lovely uh, this is a great present yeah it's a really good present would be a great wedding gift or a gift for yourself as i always do um and it also comes with this really beautiful kind of cut glass heavy bottomed carafe that you mix your drinks in and like jug it just makes me feel very refined when i'm making myself a bev at the end of a long day of video calls excellent it's just very civilized uh so that is the Riedel nick and nora mixology glassware set now my last recommendation for this week is something that I was very skeptical about when I heard about it. It is a TV show that is on Apple TV. So there, I was skeptical about the TV show and I was skeptical about Apple TV. <laughs> it's called Ted Lasso. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So the premise was the least appealing premise I've ever heard of. It was it stars Jason Sudeikis as an American football coach who gets hired to coach an English Premier League soccer team. Like nothing in that sentence appeals to me, like nothing. No part of that sounds like a TV show I want to watch. And then I saw all these people on Twitter like raving about it. They're like, oh, my God, it's such a great show. And like the way they would rave about it made me more convinced. So I was like, this show is probably going to suck. Like people are this upset. Like, fuck, it's going to be terrible. So then I was like really not primed to watch this. But then I read, like randomly read some article about the show and how it was this like wonderful, humanistic, moving, hilarious show. And I was like, okay, maybe it's, I don't know. This is, it's, why is everyone raving about it? I don't get it. And then a week later, I had bought a, Mac, a new MacBook and it actually came with a free year of Apple TV. And so like one gloomy Thursday night, I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll try an episode of Ted Lasso. Let's just give this show a whirl. It's like 24 minutes. I can suffer through it. And before I knew it, I was five episodes in, crying hysterically over one of the characters' divorces, and I realized it had hooked me. I was a lost cause. I was officially a fan of this goddamn cheesy, delightful, heartwarming show. You're a trout, a trout with a hook in your your cheek. I got hooked. It is exactly my level of stress, which is very low. Like, <laughs> it's a very low-stakes TV show. It's just very heartwarming and funny. And somehow it doesn't really matter that it's about soccer. Like it's about soccer, but it's not about soccer. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way sports movies often aren't really about sports. Anyway, season two starts on the 23rd of July. And if you've not done your free Apple TV trial yet, because we all get one, you know, maybe give it a whirl. Let me know if you've watched it. We can talk about it together. Sounds good. I got a lot to do after this episode. So much to watch, so many TV shows, so many movies. So many things to do. Glad to bring it to you. Look, it's just what we're here for, continuing to bring you things to do while you're locked in your house. For links to everything mentioned in this episode, go to highlyenthused.substack.com and sign up for a free newsletter on Friday. 
And if you are feeling like you want a little bit more highly enthused content, you can become a paid subscriber for just $5 a month and you'll get an extra newsletter per month filled with joyous things. We Delightful things. Yes, we take it in turns writing a newsletter each month and they've been really fun and I really hope you enjoy them because they're great to put together. Um, what have we done so far? Let's recap. We've done a dating guide. Oh, wait, wait, wait. A seduction guide by Sophie Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing better. We've done a guide to great baby stuff, which I don't have a baby, but I've bought so many presents for people from. Yep. We just released our massive opus on the best Airbnbs in the country, 47 of them. So many, one for every week. And actually, I wanted to mention you have access to the entire archive when you become a subscriber. So not only do you get that newsletter per month, but we can go back and read all of them that we've done before, including the free and the paid ones. So extra incentive to join the club. Yep. And we think next our next one will be a magnum opus from me on the joys and tribulations of living alone. Yeah, listener listener suggestion. I love this. I can't wait to listen. I mean, read. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably talk to you about it as well. What don't worry. are we in? I don't know. Who even knows? All right, that's it for this week. Yeah, uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. See ya. Bye.